0: there. (laughs) Welcome to another episode of Lakeside. I'm your host Daniel Stomball, and I'm glad you're here with me today. We're going to have a transformational day today. We're going to take the next few minutes and talk about our identity in Christ is, who we are in him and who we are to him. And this is powerful because identity brings purpose. Let's get started. Welcome back. We're on episode number 38, and I love this episode here. We're going to call this one "I Love Your Smile," and this is episode number 38 of our podcast and our episodes of Lakeside. And we're actually going through a book called Solomon's Song. It's a 90-day devotional, and if you have not read that book yet, um, and and if you, uh, what you're about to hear is taken directly from it. And so you can find this devotional, God Let Me Write This uh, a while back, and this devotional is actually available on Amazon, or you can get this on the website, DanielStombaugh.com. And I'm thrilled that you're here with me. If you're very first time with me and they've podcast. Let me just say, take a moment and say thank you and welcome aboard. Uh, we're in Song of Solomon chapter number four and verse number two. And we're at this point in the story of the shepherd girl and the king and this beautiful picture of relationship between God and us. And what we're seeing, this is a dynamic of communication, expression, and rest. It's the this perfect circle of a perfect balanced relationship. You have communication where you speak into someone about how you're feeling about them and the way things are going with the relationship. And you're speaking out the different things that you want out of life. There's expression. It's I'm not just going to to tell you I love you. I'm going to show you. I'm going to, I'm going to demonstrate this love for you. And then there's a resting period. There's a period where we're not really going forward. We're not going in reverse. We're just sort of resting in exactly what you've said, what you've done. And we're growing because of that. And so what we're seeing here in chapter number four and verse number two, right off the bat, he started off in the last episode where he started speaking about her name. And I love this particular passage because there's so much beauty in it. And people will read the Song of Solomon. You have to, you have to ask the Holy Spirit to teach you. You know, when you read a book like the Song of Solomon, it never gets taught on. It never gets spoken on. People are embarrassed about it. I've heard pastors preach, and they've made a reference to the Song of Solomon and an uncomfortable, awkward joke. And usually they were applying, implying something about sex with uh, uh, in, in their sermon, and they'd say, "It's kind of like the Song of Solomon type stuff. You know, and everybody kind of laugh and chuckle awkwardly, and we move on with the message. But that's the extent of what I had ever heard about it. And for me, when I came across this this book again, I was at a place in life where I was asking God for intimacy. I really was begging him for that. I said, I want that in my life. I was hungry for that. And you know, God said, the problem with you, Daniel, is you're doing what everyone else does. When you ask me for something, you ask me to meet that need through another source. We want security. And so we go ask God for a better job. And really what we're saying is, I don't. I want to pay the bills because I don't think I can. And we just need to say, we're asking God, give me security, but now give me the form of this job. And for most of us, we ask for intimacy. And we're asking God to give it to us in another person. And God just says, you know, Daniel, you're doing what everyone else does. It's not going to come to you through another person. That hole is going to be filled in your heart through your understanding of how you're loved by Christ. He's going to understand that value of how God sees you. And as awkward as it felt the very first time I said, God, would you give me intimacy but show me that in you? That's when the journey started for me. And we're on day number 38, uh, episode 30 is actually day number 38 in the book and of a 90 day journey. And so what you're hearing it, which is the stuff that God began to pour into my heart when I began to ask God for that level of intimacy and love. And I, when he gave it to me, it was like, on overload, you know, you just like, you couldn't, you had to say, stop, (laughs) stop (laughs) too much. (laughs) Like the giant Jerry Seinfeld, That's us give me too much, George. I got too much. I just had to say, God, you need to stop there for just a minute. So Song of Solomon chapter four in verse number two is this rolling through. He is in the process. Solomon is in the process of communication of how much he loves his, 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 his wife here. And he's speaking to her and the terms he uses, Like I said, if you don't ask the Holy Spirit to teach you, you're going to walk away going, he said what to her and she said, wow, because why? (laughs) You know, because it's like, what is this? The terms are crazy sometimes, but there's so much beauty in there and we're going to jump into it. So we're going to look at the lyrics and the melody and the message of this song because all three parts are extremely valuable. A good song has great, has has good lyrics. A good song has uh, a great, uh, or good melody rather. A great song has lyrics and a melody that help you understand a message. And that's what makes a great song great is the message that it contains. So looking at this song of Solomon, chapter number four and verse number two. He says, Thy teeth are like a flock of sheep that are even shorn, which cometh up from the washing whereof every one bear twins, and none is barren among them. In other words, this girl does not is not front row to a Willie Nelson concert. <laughs> He's told her you got all your teeth. But you look at that and say, Your teeth are like a flock of sheep. What? Okay, let's just look at this for a minute because I promise you when you understand the beauty of this passage, you are going to st- you won't be able to stop smiling today, okay? Solomon begins to describe to his bride what beauty and delight he finds in her. Like he talked about her hair, he talked about her name, he talked about her purpose. He's speaking to her about the things of the qualities of her. He starts off chapter four, expressing to her the qualities of her that he finds physically attractive. And he's not going to stop here. We're going to roll in. When you get to chapter seven, that's the part you say, kids, cover your eyes, go to your room. This is mommy, daddy stuff, (laughs) because it gets pretty heavy and hot there. But right now he's just, he's initially talking to her about the things that catch his eye. And Solomon talks about her teeth. And then he, you know, but he describes them like they are flocks of sheep. And let me just say that Solomon would never have known the feeling that sheep coming up clean from the washing bring. He was never a shepherd. Now he disguised himself as a shepherd, but he never would have known the feeling that a shepherd would get in their spirit when they watched sheep come up from the washing and their wool was beautiful white because he would never have been with the sheep when they were out getting dirty and getting grungy looking and getting nasty looking and realizing he's got to take them to market and people would be looking at them and the very first thing they're going to see is how dirty they are and where they kept well. And he would never have known what that felt like in the pit of his stomach to see those sheep. Just like you know telling someone what a sunrise makes you feel like. If you're on vacation somewhere, you see this beautiful sunrise come up over the mountaintop and you can feel it in your spirit like, whoa, that is awesome. So you call someone who lives in the... You know, in, in the deepest inner city, and you're like, hey man, it's on the mountaintop. And guess what I saw? They wouldn't have, they would know, they wouldn't even know. You could describe it to them, they say, oh that's cool. You might even be able to show them a picture, and they would say that is pretty. But to experience it real life, real time, to watch God paint that right in front of you. You know, I had the privilege of taking care of a blind couple uh, in their eighties for a while. I would, I would take them take them out shopping every every Saturday afternoon for about four years, and I got a chance to spend time with them, and I loved the fact that. You know, when I'm driving with this man, he would, I would, I would, something would catch my eye and I'd comment on it. And once it was a yellow car, and that's the day that changed. I said, It was a yellow car. And he said, Well, describe that to me. I was like, Well, it's yellow. He said, No, no, no. I describe the car, describe yellow to me. And I was like, Describe yellow. And everything that I saw, he had me describe to him. They just tried to describe your car to somebody. Well, it's red. Well, what if they don't know color? You know, well, the fender. Dips. It slopes. It's got. You know. You start to learn how to describe stuff. And so he tells her about her 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 teeth being, making him feel like. This how a shepherd feels when those come up from the washing. And he was never a shepherd, but his bride had been. And she would have recounted to him what she enjoyed, and this would have been mentioned. He was speaking to his bride, in terms that she would have understood. You know, every time the king describes her appearance, he'll associate the way he sees his bride with an object that she can taste, that she can touch, that she could smell, or that she could see. And that's by design, because Solomon wanted her to be able to identify with how she made him feel. He couldn't just say, hey, you, know, you, 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 you explode my mind. <laughs> you know, you're, blowing, you're blowing my mind, kid. He couldn't be able to say that. He wanted to say, hey, you're like an apple. That crunch when you first bite into an apple, that explosion of citrus in your mouth when you bite into an orange, that that enveloping sense. He's like he wanted to expire. This is how you make me feel. Smelling that candle, the aroma of that of that uh of that candle that comes up into your nostrils you go to someone's house they got the christmas cookie candle you know (laughs) it smells like christmas cookie yankee candles famous for that man they make make you hungry before you leave the store but it's that scent that comes up out of that candle and she he would use things that she could taste and she could touch and she could see and she could uh, feel and he would say look this is this is how you make my heart speak this is how you make me me feel and he wanted to understand his heart for her with perfect clarity that's why he did it so he describes her teeth, and this description would melt her heart because it revealed to her just how carefully he listened to her when she spoke to him. You know, he describes her teeth that way because he said, "I want you to know that while all those times that you've been talking to me, I've listened to everything that you said." You know how many times you've been talking to someone and they just completely. You just look at like screensaver mode, you know, their eyes kind of gloss over. You can almost see the little bouncing tennis ball in their eyes. (laughs) They're on screensaver mode. It's like, hey, snap out of you and jiggle the mouse. Hey, 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 (laughs) hit the keyboard again. Wake up, wake up now. It's like they're on screensaver mode. He looked at her and he said, listen, every time time we've gone on a picnic and we've we've sat out in the field, we've talked, and you've told me the things that you love about what you do, uh, I've listened and I heard that. And if I could describe to you how it feels when I see you smile, at me, I will say that I would have to say that I can closely identify that with maybe what you were telling me about how she come up from the washing. That feeling in your spirit, you said, whoa, wow. He said, the way that you smile at me, the way that you smile at me. He heard everything that she said to him. Can I just say that God speaks to us clearly in ways that we understand? what we feel and what makes our hearts leap, it matters to him. There's times where I'll be striving, I'll just, something will matter to me, I'll just say, God, this matters to me. And I'll speak it out. (laughs) Why? Because I know that he wants to hear. Like he wants to hear about what matters to you, what matters to me. He wants to hear about what matters to us. Man, you like that cup of coffee? Dunkin' Donuts salted caramel coffee. You like it? Man, next time you take a sip of that, just say, God, I love this. This makes me feel warm (laughs) on the inside, man. God, this makes me feel happy. I love Mike and Ike's, the candy, you know? And so every time I eat one, I'm just like, ah, (laughs) my God, I love these things. Listen, man, I love these, God. I love the way that they taste. And they're probably as unhealthy as sin, but man, I love the way these taste. I love to I love to work out, and so when I have a good workout, I say, God, I love working out. Thank you for giving me a body. Thank you for this. This just fills me with delight to be able to move my body and know that it still is able to move at my command. Thank you for that. Thank you. What makes your heart leap? That's how God speaks, man. He speaks to us in ways that we understand. He hears us and he listens to us as we speak to him. One of the greatest illustrations I can come, I can tell you about is um, I was invited to speak at a had a rally. It was an HIV um, awareness rally. And, and I was there and I walked in this room and you know, to me, okay, I'll just, before I say this, you know, I gonna tell you that one of my favorite desserts is red velvet cake. To me, red velvet cake represents the finest things in life. I mean, it's so good. It looks beautiful, but it just ain't beautiful. It's like any other cake, but it's red. I mean, it's like, it's just like regular vanilla cake, but it's red. And it's got that, it's that one little bit of coloring that sets it apart from every other cake in the world, right? I mean, red velvet cake is red velvet cake and Man, that to me is just amazing. I love that stuff. And I was going through a craving. Like I wanted red velvet cake. And so I would look at the store. I go to Walmart, look at red velvet cake mixes. They're like, I don't want to make it. I'd see them on sale at different stores, Sam's and whatnot. I don't want to buy it. I said, God, I don't want to buy a cake. I don't want to make a cake. Because if I'm going to get a cake, I want it to be expensive. Like I want it to be an expensive, expensive cake. Um, I would never, but I'm not going to pay my money for my cake for a cake like that. I just, I don't want it bad enough to to spend all the money on it. I, I said, God, I want you to give me a really nice red velvet cake for free, <laughs> like, just because I really want to experience the finer things in life, right? I said, I want this red velvet cake, and I really wanted it. And so we drive, you know, on different trips and. Uh, we'd go to the shopping shopping plazas, and my wife would say, well, hey, do you want to stop in this little cupcake shop and see if they have red velvet cake? I was, no, 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 I don't want to buy it. I don't want to buy it. God's going to give it to me. <laughs> He's going to give it to me. So I was at this rally, and I went in to speak, and it was a different type of thing venue for me. I never would have gone into that initially, um, but I was invited to speak, and God said, do it. And I was like, yes, I'm going to do it. And I was so glad I did. I walked in this room, and people were there and just awesome opportunities some tender-hearted people were there and man when they heard the message of hope and belief when they heard the message of god's love for them and you could just see the impact just bam hit it and the guy that was doing the rally said you know i've asked pastors to come but they keep telling me these are not the people that they want to talk to these aren't the people they're looking for when he said that, it was like it hit me. I was like, "Man, let's go!" Because these are the people that God's looking for. I don't know about them, but I know God's looking for them. So let's go. And so when we went in there and spoke. And afterwards, they had this game, right? They had this, this, uh, they had all these different games. And one of them was like this, uh, kind of like a musical chair type thing. And you had partners that you're with. And this person said, "Hey, would you be my partner?" I said, "Absolutely." So we started walking around this game. The music was playing, and I think it was—I um, forget what the song was—one that I had never heard before. Uh, <laughs> and we were walking, uh, walking around the thing, and they, they, they shut it off, and we, we our, our square got called. Like yeah, and they had those table full of all these prizes, and the person I was with said, "Oh, you know, they're going to the table. Oh, oh, pick that, pick that box. Pick that white box. Pick that white box." I said, "Okay." So I grabbed the white box. said, we're taking this one. Went back to the table, and they they just disappeared. Like the person I was with the game, they just disappeared. I'm like, "Where did that person go?" Well, they came back with a fork and a knife and some plates, and they said they opened the top, and the inside of that was this beautiful, elegant red velvet cake. I mean. Oh, hallelujah. Yeah, the angels are oh you know, I'm going off. I'm like, is this a red it's a red velvet cake? She said, I bought it this morning. She said, I went to Pullman's Bakery and I bought it. It cost me $38 for that cake. She said, but I don't want to skimp on red velvet cake. When I get red velvet cake, I want it to be the I want it to be an expensive red velvet cake. My husband said, I can't believe you spent $38 on that cake. And she's like, I just got it because I want a red velvet cake. And she's like, Would you like a piece of red velvet cake? Man, I just say God, thank you. Because, you know, I was gone to. I went to a venue that God said, go. When other people were not going, God said, go and speak at this venue. And I did. And man, I'm telling you, he speaks in the ways that we understand what you express in your heart. He says, man, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. What is all these things, man? It's the things in your heart that you speak about. Man, the guy, I receive love this way. You know, the different love languages people have. And there's the top five love languages, right? And God's I don't need a book, I don't need to read a book. I don't need you to take a test, Daniel, to know what what stirs your heart and what what means something to you. The red velvet cake is so simple, but it means so much to me. Red velvet cake represents life. It represents, you know, not just your average life, it's life more abundantly. Like anyone can have life. Man, CEOs can uh of big corporations that drive the Maseratis, these guys can have life, but I, Abundant life is not something money can buy. To me, abundant life is this aspect of life of reaching into the hearts of people and helping people break through to the next level of their life. Man, I have a dream about a lake house, and to me, red velvet cake is that abundant life. It's that. It's a picture of something so much greater than just your average vanilla life. It's red velvet life. It's something better. It's something that makes your heart sing. And God says, you know what, Daniel? I know your love language, and I'm just going to tell you that, I'm, that I love you. Man, that lady thought she was buying a red velvet cake from Pullman's. Mm-mm-mm-mm. God was speaking to me, and God hears you, and He listens to you when you speak to Him. What ways is it in your life would you say that God speaks to you the most clearly? Sometimes it's your little kids coming up to you and giving you a big hug, saying, for no reason, saying, I love you, Daddy. I love you, Mama. What is that? is that just my child or is that coming to me from somewhere else i remember at the table one time with my four-year-old we were coloring at the table and he says you know i remember when i was in heaven with god <laughs> we're just kind of coloring and i said oh yeah what was that like he said it's really bright it's really beautiful I like oh okay and he says i'm you know i remember when god told me to come live with you and i put down my crayons and just kind of looked at him and he just kept coloring away and i said well buddy why did god tell you to come live with me He stopped coloring, he looked me in the eye, and he said, he told me to come live with you because you need a friend, and you needed somebody to hug you. He went back to coloring like nothing had happened. I was just sitting there like, wow. Wow, there's people that may hear this and say, well, that's just a four-year-old talking. No, I'm telling you, that's red velvet stuff there. To me, it was red velvet stuff because to me, it reached down to an inner, inner hurt. Like, wow, that comes from God, man. That comes from you. You're speaking in ways that I understand. You know, the more you journey with God, as you get to know him, and as you get to grow in in your journey and grow in your faith with him, what you find out is that he's speaking. He's been speaking to you ever since you were born and he's never stopped. It's like the radio in your car. When you get in, you turn the radio on and the broadcast is going on and you turn it off and the broadcast stops. It didn't just start broadcasting when you turned it on. It didn't stop broadcasting when you turned it, the dial off. It kept going regardless of whether you tuned in or tuned out. It was still broadcasting and God's love for you and his heart for you and his voice in your life has been broadcasting long before you tuned him in and it'll keep broadcasting on the time when you tune him out, but what you discover when you tune in the voice of God is that you don't ever want to go a day without hearing him speak his love to you. I'm telling you, every day he tells me he loves me. He does it a thousand different ways. And when you start to ask God, God, if any Holy Spirit, help me to hear His love for me. Help me to hear God's love for me in my life. And then just start opening your eyes, man. Jesus said, if you have ears to hear, hear. If you have eyes to see, see. Why did he say that? Because there's a whole bunch of stuff going on around us. And most of us will walk around blind. Most of us walk through life asleep. But when you start asking God to tune your frequencies of your heart into his voice, what you discover is that he has been telling you, I love you. I love you at the sunrise. I love you with the soft rain. I love you with the breeze. I love you with the warmth of the sun in your skin. I love you with the rustle of the the leaves, and the grass. I love you with that little cat that you saw, that squirrel jumping across the, the, the branch in front of your tree. I love you. I love you. I love you. The smell of the coffee. I love you with that clean towel. I love you. He's telling you, I love you with everything around you that causes your heart to jump. It's like I gave it to you. Every single time is him saying, I love you. It's those little pavings of love we talked about in a previous episode. I love that. May I challenge you just to ask God to tune in your heart to help him hear you today say, God, would you help me hear you today? And know and speak to him because he knows that he hears you. He's listening to you. This has been episode number 38. Thank you so much for joining me. I hope you have a fantastic, no, I hope you have the greatest day. I hope you have the greatest day of your life and make sure you smile today. Your smile is your source and the world is hungry for your source. God bless you. And we will see you next time.